If you would this morning, take your Bibles, please, to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, a, a passage that we're very much familiar with. And as we look at this passage of Scripture this morning, we're not going to have time to, to delve through the whole account. But what I want us to do is look at the encounters that took place in this account of Scripture that is preserved for us. This encounter that took place sometime early in the ministry of Jesus Christ. An encounter that was impactful on multitudes of lives. And as we'll see in a little while, traveled through for a long period of time, even to the multitudes of generations. In this account, uh, we see... John the Baptist had been active in his ministry. And his ministry, as he said in, in John 1, verse 23, where he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. In John chapter 4, verse number 1, it says this, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples... He left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Father, we pray as we spend this time in your word that you would open our hearts to receive that which you have for us. Thank you that you've preserved and recorded this account. And may we glean and may our lives be strengthened, our walk with thee be challenged to be more effective for the cause of Jesus Christ. We pray this in his name. Amen. If you were to take a, a map of Israel, look in the back of your Bible, and I encourage you to do that. Those maps weren't, aren't in there just because they needed some extra paper to fill in the back of your Bible. As you read through the Bible, especially the New Testament, it talks about this city or that place or whatever. Take the time every now and then to go back and look and see where it is, where it says Jesus traveled from here to here. Paul was here. Peter was here. Looking at Israel at this time... It basically would have been divided into three different sections. They're, they're mentioned here. We have Galilee area, which is the northern Israel. And I'm summarizing several things very quickly. Uh, the, the southern section would be Judea. And in the central area would be what we would call Samaria. Now we know the Samaritans. They are the ones that especially the Jews thought nothing of. They were, they were worthless people because... Uh, they were a mixed race of people. And as a result, the Jews really had nothing to do with them. The, the, the statement of, of shaking the dust off their feet came from the idea that even if you went into the, the area where Samaritans live, as soon as you crossed over the border, literally you should wipe the dirty, rotten, filthy dirt that's on your feet from being in Samaria. Well, Jesus, as he's with his disciples, he's in Judea, southern section, and he says, we're going to head to Galilee, the northern section. And normally, with the, the, the typical pattern for the Jews is they would start going north, then they would jump across the Jordan River, go around Samaria, and then come back across and go on up, because I'm not going as a good, fundamental, for what they had at the time, Bible-believing Jew going into Samaria. 
But it's recorded for us here that Jesus must needs go through Samaria. Can you imagine his disciples? Now, I'll tell you this. When I look at the Word of God, I don't change it because I can't and I won't. But there is no way that everything that happened in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ is recorded for us. So we can draw some inferences because if it was us, what would we think? What would we do? Jesus takes his disciples and probably many of them had never been into the Samaritan land. And he says, we must needs go through Samaria. We're going where? If we watch any of the news, there's parts of our nation, our country, that how would you like it if the Lord said, I want you to go to this city. You want me where? People are getting killed there every day. You want me there? The disciples, would they have said in their mind or maybe to themselves as they're walking along, I have never been in Samaria before. I have heard all kinds of vicious stories about what those people are like and what they will do. How can I go there? But they journeyed. And as they journeyed along on that northward trek and they come into the land of Samaria, the amazing thing, they crossed what would be the imaginary borderline there and they realized they were now walking in Samaria and so far they hadn't been attacked. So far God hadn't struck them down dead and they were still moving on. And they traveled along far enough to where it became lunchtime. And what happens with a group of men when it's lunchtime? What are we going to eat? Well, let's, let's look at this for a second. Verse number 6. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. It was about the sixth hour. Down to verse number 8. We're going to come back to 7 in a moment. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Trick question for you. What type of city were they going into? They were going into a Samaritan city. What were they going into that Samaritan city to do? Buy food. What do you think they bought? Notice I said, what do you think? So you can tell me anything you think that they wanted to buy. What would they... Guys, what would you want to have for lunch today? Steak. Okay, they were getting steak and what else? A BLT, yeah, especially the bacon. What else? <laughs> A little bit slow this morning. What else? What was that? Hot dogs. I love my hot dogs. What else? Wings, ladies. What else do they get to add in here? Come on, we got to get some healthy food. You know, eh. ladies, donuts. What else? Chocolate. Anything else? Okay, that's a perfect meal. The disciples took that shopping list. They went into that Samaritan city to buy food to bring back to Jesus to eat. Okay, now 
We all know, obviously, that's not the food that they went to get for, but they went into the stores so that they could provide food for themselves and for Jesus as they came back. Wait, these disciples potentially had never even been into Samaria. If they saw a Samaritan, they knew what they had been taught and instructed by their religious leaders. Stay away from these worthless, rotten, Samaritan people. They're evil. Can you imagine that group of disciples walking into the city? And they see people just walking around like maybe in their own hometowns. And they walk into the first store. And they wouldn't have had Walmart where you go into one store and buy everything. So they would have gone to different places to pick up. And you guys gave them a shopping list of all kinds. I don't know how many stores they would have had to go to fulfill your guys' shopping list. I wonder if they were kind of very leery of going there. As they, as they took out their money to pay for whatever it was that they bought, did they want to kind of just toss it on the counter so that they didn't have to get any closer than need be to one of those Samaritan people? We really don't know. But if it was you walking in their shoes, having been taught what they had been taught, how would we have responded in that situation? Well, while they are away, we have verse number seven that we skipped over. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. This woman, as we'll see in just a moment, was shocked. Because here was a Jew. Would have been designated probably most easily through the clothing that he wore. And this Jew spoke to her. Number one, that was taboo. Out in public especially, a man was not to talk to a woman out in public, against the law, basically, from the Jewish religious teachers. More yet, this was a Samaritan woman. And definitely, a Jew was not to speak to a Samaritan woman. And to make matters even worse... What time of the day was it? Lunchtime. In the heat of the day, this woman would have been going to the well by herself when all the other women would have done it earlier in the day or would be doing it later in the afternoon when it was cooler. She was not permitted. And we know the account because of her prior life. 
And Jesus spoke to her. I wonder, again, speculation. We have an account where the disciples went into this city to get food. This woman, at the same time, it seems like, was on her way to get water. I wonder if they passed on the trail. We don't know. If it did happen, and we were the disciples, what would have been our action and reaction to seeing this Samaritan woman coming toward us? Stay away from her. I don't know. But anyway, as she comes to the well, Jesus has this conversation with the Samaritan woman. And for sake of time, what I want us to do this morning is to start there in verse number 7, and we're just going to read the words that Jesus, that we have recorded, that he spoke to her. Give me to drink, in verse number 7. Down in verse number 10. If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Verse 13. Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Verse 16. Go, call thy husband and come hither. 17. Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, in that thou saidest truly. Verse 21. Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. Ye know what ye worship, or we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh to worship, such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. In verse 26. I that speak unto thee am he. By this conversation that Jesus had with this Samaritan woman, and I left out her parts of it, and you can go back and read it a little bit later on, you can see that this woman had some, we would use the word today, biblical knowledge. She knew of a Messiah. She knew of worship. She knew of our fathers. She knew of all these things but she didn't know the true Messiah. 
She didn't understand that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, was standing there until it came down to where he said in verse 26, I that speak unto thee am he. Can you imagine this woman with her sordid background, a Samaritan woman, probably an outcast in her own city, and had this man who was a Jew carry on this conversation with her, something that that never should go on. But it did. Verse 27 says this, And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. That kind of gives me that indication what I asked a little while ago. Do you think they may have passed as they were walking to the path, the disciples to town, her to come get water? Speculation, I know. But they marveled that he talked with this woman. They would have known that she would have been an outcast from her town, would have known she would have been a Samaritan. Jesus talked to her. And yet, verse 27 in the middle, no man said, What seekest thou? Or why talkest thou with her? What do you think was on the disciples' mind when they returned? Come on, guys. Lunch. They had chocolate that was melting. Was it Krispy Kreme donuts they had? Krispy Kreme donuts. The BLT, the lettuce, was wilting. They needed to get this stuff all eaten. If they would have asked Jesus, maybe it would have gone into some long, drawn-out conversation. And They were hungry. Verse 28, And the woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, By the way, do we know what men she talked to? Hmm. I would say we know some of them. It's the guy that made the chocolate. It's the guy that made the BLT sandwich. It's the guy that made the steak. They were the men of the city. They were the ones that would have been out and about at that point in time when the disciples went in and did business with those scoundrels. This woman was so excited about what Jesus had told her She goes into the city and says to the men, why didn't she talk to the ladies? Isn't that what ladies are supposed to do, talk to the ladies? She was not allowed to talk to the ladies. The ladies would turn her head and walk away from her. So she talked to those that would listen, would be the men, which could be another story for another day. And she says this in verse 29. Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did, is not this the Christ? Again, speculation drawing people's minds. I wonder if some of those men would have said, wait, he 
told you all things that ever you did? I was one of those things. I don't want somebody like that talking. Or some may have said, oh, I bet we can hear some good stories if he's telling everything. Let's go hear some good stories. And some probably said, this woman's crazy. A lot of other positions that could have been taken. But it's very interesting. Verse 30. Then they went out of the city and came unto him. But the disciples, they had their priorities right. And what was that? Food. Food. How do we know that? 31. In the meantime, while his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat, please. Because we know we're supposed to wait until you eat before we eat, and we're about to die. We're famished. My chocolate's even melting. Were the disciples really concerned about Jesus or were they more concerned about their own stomachs? Hmm. Speculation, I know. How would I have reacted? Jesus has a very good lesson for them. Look at verse 32. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore, the disciples, one to another, said the disciples one to another, hath any man brought him to eat? I mean, he made us walk all the way into that Samaritan city, deal with all those people and come back here, and he's already got food. This is ridiculous. Has somebody else already fed him? Jesus saith unto them, my meat, my food, that which makes me content, that which satisfies me, that which, which is what I want to do, is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Jesus says, well, I'm not worried about my stomach. I'm worried about, if I can use the word worry, I'm worried about the fact that I do the will of my Father. And what was the will of his Father? To come and to seek and to save that which was lost. Would not that Samaritan woman fall into that category of that which was lost? He then gives a, a rather interesting statement. And it makes great preaching material. But I think we who stand up and preach on it, might have it wrong. He says, verse 35, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Chances are, let's take this, the big valley area that they were in. Jesus standing here at the well, looking out over the valley, and he sees the field of grain. And it's coming up. It's already been harvested once, and now it's coming up. The second planting, the second growing, it's coming up, it's coming up. And it's going to take about four months till they're going to be able to harvest that grain again. He said to the disciples, 
say not ye, or don't say this, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Don't look at this field and say, we got to stand here and wait and twiddle our thumbs for four months before we can go out and harvest this field, if you're the owners of that field. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look unto the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Now this field would have been green as the grain was starting to grow. Still had four months to go. How on earth could he say, look at those fields, they're white unto harvest, they're ready for harvest right now. What was going on? This Samaritan woman that he had talked to at that well, she ran back into the city, told all the men, come see this guy, he told me everything about my life. Now, I look out here and I see green and I see blues and I see peach colors and I see uh, gray colors and I see purple colors and I see all kinds of colors. It's because we have the Walmart that we can go shopping in. They didn't have that back then. Most of the men would basically have been wearing a white suit. Wait, a white suit? White clothes? The field is white unto harvest? What was the harvest Jesus was concerned about? Was it grain or was it people? And he tells his disciples as they're looking out into that mass of men that are coming, how many? We don't know. But she went and she told the men of the city, come and see. And I believe as they were coming, it looked like a white harvest field. Look at verse 38, please. Read the first five words to yourself of that verse. Jesus had chosen his disciples for what reason? To carry forth the message that the kingdom is at hand. The message of Jesus Christ, the message, the Messiah is here. The message to go forward and to reap. How many men do you see in this passage of Scripture that the disciples brought back with them from the city? To bring them to Jesus Christ so that He could explain what they knew somewhat of, but Jesus knew it. How many do we see? Not one. When those disciples, those who were sent, verse 38, by Jesus Christ to go forth and to reap, what did they do? 
They went and bought the stuff. They got out of the city. They were hungry. They didn't like those people. Look at something here. This is the way Jesus describes this situation. Verse 36, he said, He that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto eternal life. Both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is our saying true. One soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap whereupon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored and ye are entered into their labors. That Samaritan woman, she had scriptural knowledge. Go back and read it today. She had knowledge of the Old Testament teachings because someone else had labored and ministered and taught them. But they didn't know the full truth because Jesus Christ was the truth. And Jesus sent those disciples into Samaria, into that city, so that they could take and harvest or maybe put the fertilizer, put the water, pull some weeds maybe, where, where others had already sown. But we don't see that they did that. But the Samaritan woman did. Verse 39, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him. For the saying of Unfortunately, not the disciples. The saying of that woman. Folks, we need to be careful and cautious of every opportunity because you know what? We have been given the charge that we are to be the witnesses of Jesus Christ. And every opportunity, who knows what significance that may have had. Let's, let's look at something. We're going to go two verses and then we're going to be done. There are a couple verses and then one separate verse. Turn, if you will, to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, and I'll begin reading with verse number 4. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed to those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did for unclean spirits, Crying out with, or crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken in the, in, with palsies and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Skip down to verse number 12. But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God, the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Turn to Acts chapter 9 and verse 31. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea, southern Israel, and in Galilee, northern Israel, 
and Samaria, central Israel, where Jesus had met that Samaritan woman. Let me read that first sentence again. Then had the, what's that word? Churches. It wasn't one. It was many. What church do you think that Samaritan woman was going to? Don't know. It's not recorded. Those churches in all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. Jesus sets before us an example and a plan. That example of talking, sharing what we have, what He has done with as many as can come across the path. As students, you're here to study how that you can Minister better for the cause of Jesus Christ. The disciples were walking with Jesus Christ. He called them so that they could be ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when they were presented with a great opportunity, they kept their mouths shut from all appearances. May it not be said of us. May we take every Opportunity that's set before us. Whether it's that person that we might not like at all, in a place we really don't want to be. Because that's the place that Jesus is ready to use you, ready to use me, if we but will. Father in heaven, we thank you. For this account that you've given to us of what we would see you working forward through your son, Jesus Christ, and how that you were having to do some work in those disciples as they followed Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, young or old. that we would seize every opportunity that you set before us. Because we never know who that one person is that may go and be able to reach the multitudes that we're not able to. May we be about our Father's business, bringing men and women, boys and girls, to the Savior through the working of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God in each and every heart. Thank you for this time of studying your word. Thank you for the change that you will give to each and every one of us. We pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.